When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex P. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Monday, May the 23rd, it is Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith. Great to have Alex back with us for the start of the brand new week. And we have another special guest as they keep on rolling along. Actually, we will have a little bit of a hiatus from special guests for a couple days later this week. But, no, it's been nonstop pretty much since the start of the playoffs. Every guest has done a a phenomenal job uh, joining us, and I'm sure Ben Bauer, our guest today will be no different. Uh, happy to have Ben Bauer, former pro hockey player, joining us today uh, on the Ice Guys show. Ben, welcome to the Ice Guys for the first time. How are things with you? Going well, going well. Thank you guys for having me. Absolutely. Great to jump in here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Ben is, by, by the way, day, day-to-day better as well, so we're excited about that. Uh, he knows the pain and the uh, the ups and downs we go through, uh, Alex, I, and the, our crew, our viewers, and our listeners, that, hey, it's not always going to be sunshine, rainbows, lollipops, and smooth sailing uh, on the betting board. Uh, there are, there's always going to be uh, ups and downs, but we'll get to that in a sec. But first, as always, Ben, with our guests when they're on for the first time, talk a little bit about the Ben Bauer hockey journey, and you're a hockey past. Hockey pass. Well, um, so I'm from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, you know, right outside of Philadelphia, not too, too far. Um, grew up playing my whole life. My dad used to actually coach the University of Maine, at Penn State. And when I came back, uh, kind of just finished up through high school, I played four years of juniors, went on to go play Division three college ice hockey and then spent three years in the minors. So I played in the Southern Professional League growing, um, was in Columbus, Georgia. My first year is actually we got into that big bus accident. I don't know if you guys have ever kind of searched that up, the Columbus Cottonmouth bus accident. Uh, then I got traded, went over to Roanoke, uh, went over to uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina to play for the Marksman, and then finished my career back at Roanoke. So it was a great little time. Um, Love my time around there. Love playing. People down south are amazing. It was nice to kind of see the you know hockey communities grow from small teams to you know how it's really gone and. After that, I got to kind of jump into the hockey training, work with a lot of kids. I still coach now, so it's nice to kind of stay into the game and, you know, jumping on, winning a couple of money, losing a couple of dollars every now and then. Betting is a nice way to kind of go through it. So, yeah, thank you guys for letting me on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, by the way, I find when you are playing in the SPHL, the Southern League, uh, and even in the ECHL, which you were there briefly, doesn't it find like even though the crowds are small, the people that are there, they love their hockey. They're passionate. Those are the hardcores. Those are the yeah. true tr- tried and true hockey lovers that are going out to those games. Doesn't it feel that way? Oh, it's the best. I mean, I think in Roanoke, we had like 3,500 season ticket holders. I mean, maybe some games we'd have five, 6,000 people, but, you know, the building felt like it was rocking. Everybody loves you. And it was nice kind of just being throughout the town. Got to meet a whole lot of people, meet a lot of people that had great connections, owned businesses. So being able to use those connections for further down the line has been a great little thing. Yeah, just to kind of add on to what Ian was talking about and saying, you know, the hockey in the south is really growing of course you know people just kind of think about you know uh the failed experiment with the atlanta thrashers and things of that nature but you think about the the echl and the sphl and like i said that you know they've grown and they've been all around uh in those southern states and now you see the emergence of, of college club teams uh you know growing and expanding now the the SECHD, which is now expanded basically for those who aren't familiar with the college hockey it's basically like acc and sec schools and regular division one athletics all playing together. So, you know, I'm sure that the, the Southern pro leagues had an effect on those colleges as well, kind of grew, growing to where they are now. Oh, definitely. A lot of those guys were kind of playing in a lot of the practice rinks, being able to kind of see, and then it was nice. A lot more kids wanted to go play into that ACHA clubs, you know, after their season ended, some guys got called up if some guys got hurt. So it was a nice little transition and really kind of expanded the game. 
Yeah, absolutely. No question about that. And that's, that's what I hear. Some of the most fun and exciting experiences you talk about. It's not just the NHL players that can have fun playing the game. I mean, a lot of people say hey, the, the lower level leagues, the, the other pro leagues, you can have a lot of fun there. And I know a lot of people that have nothing but praise and great things to say about their time over in Europe. Of course, there's so many beautiful places and countries and cities over there. It's no surprise. Uh, there's no question about that. So the playing days ended. The betting days really ramped up for you. Uh, after yeah. that point. So talk a little bit about that uh, a little bit, the hockey betting and the overall sports betting background, how long you've been doing it, how long you've been gotten into it, what sports you like the most to bet, all that stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, it really kind of got developed after the pandemic kind of started as soon as, you know, all the games started coming back on, it was kind of just sitting at home waiting for something to do. And, you know, I just kept kind of checking out lines, being able to see who's been scoring, trying to check out stats. And from there, you know, just kind of jumped on one of the betting apps, kind of just going back and forth. And now that I'm just kind of working, I, you know, we'll jump on. I'll talk to a bunch of the guys here. I mostly do hockey. I feel like that's where I'm the most comfortable working on a lot of different props, you know, understanding the game a little bit more. But um, so I started with hockey and jumped into football a little bit. I'm a Patriots fan. You know, don't hate me for that, but you know, it was nice having Tom Brady there. For not a, a bandwagon guy. I've ranted on this show before. You better not be one of these fucking Patriots fans that only became Patriots fans when Brady <laughs> and Hoodie showed up. You're not one no, of those. No, 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 no. So, been a Patriots fan since probably like 2000 or so. So, I got to see the tough parts. I got to see the amazing parts. And, you know, coming back, you know, hopeful for the future for it all good. So, it's nice to see my boy Tom Brady He's still coming back, He's still kicking for Tampa. So, you know. Hoping for him, good things for him, but you know, Patriots could use another little, you know, conference title here soon. Yeah, no. Um, but I would say stick with hockey, stick with hockey and football. Um, not so great about baseball. You know, I've been getting a lot of your emails, kind of looking at a lot of different props. I've hit a couple with just come to like the bases, total bases. Kind of stayed away from some of the home runs and some pitchers kind of scare me. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, ECHL is uh, there's there's a, there's a, it's amazing how many. Someone asking in the chat how many southern states have an ECHL team. Oh, uh, there there are many. Uh, you're right. It, it's it's amazing how much the South has an influence uh, on the uh, ECHL, and of course the SPHL. All of those teams are from uh, the South. So you know it's it's nice that there's actually leagues there that will you know give. Then there are hardcore hockey fans down south. Don't tell Canadians that because they just think these people don't give two shits about hockey, and it's everybody that feels that way. Not the case. And well, the irony too is that in the SPHL, the champion this year was the Peoria Rivermen. So the furthest north team, all the way up in Peoria, Illinois, actually ended up, ended up winning it. But uh, but yeah, but like and then talk about in the chat about how the NHL kind of once they went down into the, the area in the nineties, that kind of took away from some of the places that cause the AHL had a, had a, a good footing in the south as well but obviously the nhl territories didn't want things you know kind of getting uh you know mixed up as far as you know with tv and different things of that nature so that's why it's it's big that the echl and sphl still have a, a footing down there yeah it definitely is good for that all right let's get into some nhl stanley cup playoff uh discussion here we go uh let's look back on yesterday we had three sunday games uh the reason for that being that the uh Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay uh, was booked for a concert Saturday. Otherwise, they would have played game three on Saturday, so they played it yesterday afternoon instead. Didn't change a damn thing for the Florida Panthers. Uh, they ended up uh, losing yet again uh, to the Lightning. 5-1 uh, to one ended up being the final score. And we'll get into the specifics of uh, Florida's issues when we talk game four specifically tonight later in the show. But I'll just say this. You want to know why Florida's down three zip uh, in this series? Watch that third period over again from yesterday the florida panthers are down two nothing in the series they're down three to one in game three at the time and that's the effort you roll out there with your backs against the wall in the third period you got tampa bay swarming in the florida zone for like the first five ten minutes of that third period they are all over sergey bobrovsky peppering him with pucks peppering him with chances that's the sense of urgency that's the level of desperation you're going to bring to the table seriously down Two nothing in the series, down three to one in the game in the third period, and yet it was Tampa carrying the play. It was Tampa blocking all the shots at the defensive end of the eye. Florida not doing a thing with that. And by the way, you want to talk about commitment level and just flipping the switch to another gear to be able to win at playoff time. You just have to look at the block shot category throughout this series. Tampa Bay is blocking shots left and right. Tampa Bay is showing that level of commitment that obviously they know how to show. Why? because they've won the damn thing two years in a row. Florida has not shown you anything in that regard. 
uh, so far. And just just that dig down level, deep level, Florida's not there. They got past Washington in spite of some of their flaws. And I, it was a miracle in and of itself. They scored a power play goal yesterday. I never thought we were going to see one at that point. But they finally scored their first power play goal uh, of the playoffs yesterday, which is extremely disappointing that they're, what, one for 27 or one for 28 with the personnel they can put out there uh, offensively. You know, it's just there is a different level that Tampa Bay's playing at right now. And, and the Panthers are just not winning the puck battles enough. They're not winning the foot races enough. They're not showing that commitment defensively enough, blocking enough shots like Tampa Bay is. And to see that you're down 2 nothing in the series and 3-1 in the third, and you don't even take the play to Tampa, they're dictating it to you when they're in complete control of this series. It, it, it's a very, very bad sign, obviously, for this Florida Panthers team. And now, you know, good luck now winning four straight against the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. Alex, uh, your thoughts on that one from yesterday, Game 3? Yeah, I mean, it it, it kind of almost goes back to what I was saying in game two, and it you know kind of you know leads to like I said, I made a futures bet thinking that Tampa's going to take care of business because it just felt one they're in getting into a rhythm that we haven't seen from them all season. You know, we were worried about okay, you know, as the fatigue set in, different factors of, of you know Vasilevsky playing so many minutes, uh, you know Kucherov coming back from you know from a four full season, can Stamco stay healthy, which has always been a, a quick question mark. And now everything's rolling in the form, and they're doing all, all this without Braden Point, who I've talked about it for the last yeah. couple of years. He's arguably been their best playoff performer in each of the last two seasons. Um, before the injury, he had 30 goals and 30 assists in his last 52 playoff games. Uh, so the fact that they're getting it done without him, it just shows to you know everybody, this is the reason why his team has won two Stanley Cups in a row and, and are going for a third. Uh, the way that they can step up and have anybody in that lineup score and you have the best goalie in the world and Vasilevsky making big saves. But on the flip side, Florida, like you said, just folding it in. I mean, they, they're they getting frustrated, which is understandable, but they have the talent to keep, you know, keep afloat with this team. And they really just are, haven't been able to show that. I mean, uh, you know, Barkov and then certain guys have just been just quiet throughout the series. And, and you know, uh, it's just really strange. Like I did not really see this coming at the beginning of the series. I thought for sure this would be a six or seven game series. But as soon as I saw game one and like I said, the way things were kind of going with game two and the scheduling setup, uh, it just lent everything going uh, Tampa's way. And, you know, uh, like I said, I, I have the bet for it, but I, I really do think tonight uh, ends the Florida Panthers season. Yeah, and a shout-out to Alex for that bet. I mean, Tampa Bay, 4 nothing plus 750. Now we got the one more step to go, one more hurdle uh, to overcome before we can say that's a winner. But for Alex to decide in game two, prior to game two, when we took that Florida first period puck line, but he also, which lost, and they ended up uh, losing that game. And then he said, you know what, but if they don't win this game and they don't come out strong, they could get swept. He said that right then and there on this show, Alex, before game two, and he hopped on the lightning to sweep at plus 750. What a price. And now you see what the price is of that. And he is locked in, you know, you've talked about closing line value or and all that stuff that everybody, you know, makes a big deal out of. Man, did you ever get that? with the Tampa Bay 4 nothing bet. So the timing was perfect. You know, the situation made a whole lot of sense that it, this could be it for Florida if they lose both at home. And now here they are after a 5-1 defeat yesterday, staring at a potential sweep. Oh, by the way, I have some breaking news regarding the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, they've changed that little nickname they've had all year. Those come, You know, with all those comebacks, they called them the Cardiac Cats. Well, they changed the name now to the Cardiac Arrest Cats. Uh, that's, uh, that's the new name right now uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers. <laughs> The heart stopped beating, flow in the brain, and uh, all that stuff. And we could be seeing it on full display tonight uh, here in Game 4. Uh, Jimmy Murphy is with us now. Uh, Jimmy, welcome back. Good to have you back as well. It's been a while. Uh, what did you think of – we'll start with Florida-Tampa Bay yesterday since that's what we're talking about. Just, uh, you know, when you're getting dominated in the third period and you're the team down 2 nothing in the series, 3-1 in the game, and you're getting dominated in the third period, you got to take a long, hard look in the mirror and ask yourself, what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, look, first off, before I get to the Florida side, just, you know, big credit to uh, well, credit to Alex there. Good, good call on that. But I mean, credit to the Tampa Bay Lightning as well for it, it, what they're doing right now, guys. We're witnessing history. We really are. I mean, we're witnessing stuff that we're going to, you know, tell our kids and grandchildren about. I mean, whether they go on to three Pete or not, just the fact that we're watching them do what they're doing to the president's trophy winner right now uh, is pretty impressive. So. 
uh, a big shout out to them. But as, as far as the Florida side goes, yeah, look, they, they need to dig down deep. I mean, I haven't seen that, that extra push, that extra desire, that extra urgency from the Florida Panthers yet. And it, it, it's pretty much too late now. I mean, they could still pull off one of the most incredible comebacks ever. That could always happen, but it doesn't look like it's going to. And, you know, this is what we were saying before. They they made their living off uh, spotting teams, 3-0, 4-0 leads during the regular season and coming back and and living like they're the 80s, 1980s Oilers and the run-and-gun offense. And we kept saying it, watch out. This isn't going to work in the playoffs. And, you know, all right, they got by the first round, but now they're playing one of the best teams ever in the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they're just getting schooled. And it's embarrassing to see. Uh, I mean, look, even if they lose tonight, they, they better not be uh, the way they've been where there's just that lack of push, like I'm saying. And that uh, it's just been embarrassing in my eyes. Yeah, it's been tough to watch. Ben, how did you see that, that game yesterday? I mean, I just have to assume that guys like Barkov, Carter Hagee have got to be a little bit hurt. I mean, you just haven't really yeah. seen their big guns really come Especially out. Barkov. I mean, this is extremely – and I'll get to him when we talk game four. It's been extremely disappointing series. Yeah, Huberto, all the same. I mean, just like, you know, Alex, I put a futures on him when I was like, you know, during the season, I was like, you know, they're scoring four goals a game. We got to see this. Going on the power play, seeing that clip come. And I get it when Ekblad was out. You know, they put those five forwards on their power play, and they were – crushing it they were scoring goals and then all of a sudden he comes back you know i get it he's a big heart and soul guy in your team but if your power plays clicking like that at the end of the year it feels like you kind of just stay with it so uh, it was very weird to kind of see but then when you see when you think of guys like tampa where they're built from you know the back end out you know using 70 using all those guys i mean getting guys you know to take friendly deals to stay on good teams like this is how they can keep guys like kucherov how they can keep paying guys like Braden point so um, I thought yesterday was definitely not what I thought it was going to be like. Um, I, again, I think that they're probably going to get swept. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, Carolina Rangers yesterday. Uh, the Rangers, much needed. They needed a win, and unlike Florida, they got it. Down 2 nothing in their series as they get a big 3-1 win over the Carolina Hurricanes to make it a 2-1 to series. Uh, and look, I had Carolina to win the series, and I bet Carolina game one series combo ended up with plus 105. So now I've got Carolina to win the series plus 105. And I still felt really good, feel really good about it. But even with me liking Caroline in the series, I was on pretty heavily the Rangers yesterday. I felt it was a great spot. Uh, down 2 nothing. They were going to come out strong. They did. Although, they still gave up a lot of shots. A high, high volume of shots and chances, ultimately. And they needed Igor Shosturkin uh, to be at his absolute best. And he was. That was one of his best playoff games, bar none. The only goal that actually got by him was probably one he would have wanted to have. That little uh, short side goal that got between him and the post uh, that Nino Niederreiter scored. Uh, but other than that, I mean, he more than made up for maybe a little weak goal there allowed for everything else he did. He was magnificent. The rebound control was impeccable. Uh, his lateral movement was terrific. The decision-making, how about the decision to poke check? I think it was uh, Kotkaniemi who ended up having a great chance uh, in that game yesterday. Just he was on top of it mentally, physically, uh, an outstanding game from Igor Shosturkin and Nett. Uh, and the Rangers just scratched enough offense across the board to get the job done. They got the early power play goal from Mika Zibanejad. Kreider added to the lead in the second period. They hung on. And you talk about Chris Drury. Chris Drury's going to be patting himself on the back or someone's going to be saying, great job, Chris, after that game yesterday for two specific reasons and two specific players. He got at the trade deadline to bolster this team up front, Tyler Mott and Andrew Kopp. I think terrific additions, you know, in terms of 200 foot players, two way hockey players that play both ends of the ice who came up immense for the New York Rangers when Carolina pulled the goalie and uh, pulled anti Ranta had the extra attacker. They were trying to tie the game who came up immense with massive clearances of the zone to put that game away. Andrew Kopp and Tyler Mott, who got the empty net goal uh, to make it three to one. So credit to Chris Drury. Uh, the general manager of the Rangers. Those two additions up front, man, did they pay off yesterday. Outstanding at the defensive end, both of them. And look, Andrew Kopp's been pretty damn good offensively for them as well. So, And, and Mott's been great away from the puck. So uh, those are looking like great additions by the Rangers. And look, Carolina, I like them in the series still, but this issue with them winning on the road in the playoffs, it's a thing now. They're 0-4 on the road. They didn't win any games in Boston against the Bruins, as Jimmy well knows. They now lost uh, the game three. Uh, and look, they, they don't have to win a game on the road. They can win this series because they're undefeated at home. They have home ice. But 
at what point do you get concerned here that you can't win on the road uh, here in the playoffs if you're the Carolina Hurricanes? That's been the one issue. I like the way they've been playing. And even yesterday, they didn't play that bad, but they just haven't been able to win on the road. And another thing they did, they poked the bear. They made the Rangers angry at the end of that game. More D'Angelo antics. Surprise, surprise at the end of that game. And Gerard Gallant having to tell him to shut the hell up at the end of that game. Uh, so now maybe they've made the Rangers a little agitated now, this Carolina team, when they didn't have to. So this could be a series again. Uh, game four will obviously be huge. Rangers got to win that one every bit as much as they won yesterday. We'll see if they can do that. Uh, but definitely the Rangers did what they had to do, get a big win. And uh, obviously that was my best bet uh, on the show yesterday. Uh, good to see that cash in with the uh, New York Rangers. Alex, uh, thoughts on that one yesterday, Canes Rangers? Yeah, this now feels like it's probably going to be the same kind of series we saw out of Carolina Boston. This just kind of back and forth, uh, take care of business at home kind of a thing. And, and, and you know, Carolina's going to have to find a way to, to, to rise up and get a, a road victory. Obviously, the dominant at home. And we, and we expected that coming into the postseason. Uh, you know, it's one of the better home ice uh, advantages in all, in all of hockey. That crowd gets rocking and rolling. But so does uh, MSG during playoff time and you know we talked about that kind of on the betcast a while back about how you know that during the regular season it's kind of a has a more of a, a museum type of feel for certain games but certainly not the case in the playoffs so the back and forth i mean uh this looks like it could be you know one of those those series and if that's the case you know you can ride the rangers in game four and then come back to carolina game five and just kind of uh ride that wave and, and see who can figure it out maybe things change by game seven if, if it goes that far but uh, that's just the way that I feel this series going. Just going to be very tight hockey. Uh, not a lot of explosive scoring. You know, obviously the goaltending is going to be uh, the X factor for both clubs. And we're just going to kind of see these grind out classic hockey games, you know, the old school playoff hockey out uh, of the series. Yeah, no question. Uh, it might be another Homer series, just like we saw the series that Jimmy covered uh, in the first round with the Hurricanes and Bruins. Jimmy, uh, the Rangers back in it. Is there the reason to be concerned for the Hurricanes here? I don't think the Rangers were ever out of it, to be honest. I mean, I, I think that the two games they played in Carolina, and I, I totally see, and I, I've, I've been in my head drawing the same parallel to the Boston series. They could be up 2-1 well. in this series. You're yeah. right. Game one, right. they probably should have won it. The yeah, and I, I get, in, 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 you know, in terms of the home away parallel there, that's definitely evident right now, and I think it is something that Carolina should worry a bit about, uh, is what happens when they eventually win, uh, lose a home game. Because uh, they haven't been able to win on the road, but I, I think right now, yeah, I think the Rangers have been in this series. They they shouldn't have lost Game One. They outplayed them for the majority of the game in Game One. You know, Game Two, Carolina definitely took it to them, but it wasn't out of reach. Uh, and now they come back and they played a very spirited game. Uh, and I love Gerard Gallant going after Tony D'Angelo and all the bullshit that they were pulling at the end of the game. Uh, so now. It's, it's turning into a more emotional series, and I think that will benefit the Rangers, actually, with what they have. And as, as Gallant flat-out threatened, if you want to play that way, we've got somebody we can throw in the lineup here who can take care of you, and he can. And, you know, will we see Ryan Reeves in Game 4? Uh, that'd be something. I, I think, you know, he could be a factor. And if, the, if Carolina wants to go that way, I think they're making a mistake right now because I think the Rangers are a tougher team and they would win that type of battle. So they don't want to go into that schoolyard fight right now with the Rangers. I think the Rangers are in a very good position, and I'm thinking the series is going back to Carolina tied at two. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's, a, that's a reasonable argument right now because what evidence have we seen Carolina getting it done on the road so far uh, here in the playoffs? We haven't seen it. Uh, ben, your thoughts on that game and that series? I, I agree with the exact same thing as Jimmy there. I mean – I remember when I would play, we always had that one guy, kind of like that tougher guy that was able to kind of take a lot of the other guys and the other team off their game. He was able to do his own thing. A lot of the guys that were playing, playing all the time were able to think about what we wanted to do. He was disturbing everybody. I remember I look back to the Boston series where I think about that game where D'Angelo was all flustered, you know, for Marshawn. And that next game, he sucked. And I think that the Bruins, I mean, I think that the Rangers can kind of take that, let Reeves start running around, let D'Angelo kind of mess everything up for them, and then kind of take things over. I mean, I, I like Zibanejad's goal. I like how Kreider's been playing. I mean, I just don't see Panarin. haven't seen him really kind of do all that much. So I'm thinking this could take a little bit of turn. They could kind of go back. I think it is very concerning that um, that, um, that Carolina can't really win a game on the road. They haven't really looked as good, but they're going to have to steal one if they can make through this next round. 
Yeah, definitely. And uh, just got a little bit more feisty this series, I think, with the way it ended there in Game 3. And uh, we'll wrap up the recap of yesterday with the Battle of Alberta. It's still, even yesterday, it was the first game that really wasn't down to the wire, you know, and back and forth quite as much. Uh, it's still been the best series. And even though that game, again, it wasn't necessarily close late. I mean, 4 nothing Edmonton, it ended 4-1. That was still a great game because of the pace. I mean, in the first period, you want to tell you want to give up someone prime evidence of why a period being scoreless isn't indicative of a being a boring period or a dull period then you show them that first period of Calgary Edmonton last night that was unbelievable the pace just the skating from both teams the chances going back the physicality they were throwing their bodies around like crazy it was like car crashes all over the ice especially in that first period. And it was a miracle we got out of that period scoreless. I mean, the multitude of chances were off the charts. And that's why you cannot just judge a book by its cover, that old saying. You know, you look at, oh, 0-0 in the first period, finally a boring period. No, couldn't have been further from the truth. Could not have been further from the truth. That was one of the most exciting and electrifying scoreless periods of playoff hockey I've ever seen. Seriously. I mean, it was that good. Uh, and then, of course, Edmonton got the early goal in the second period, Zach Hyman. And this is now a problem for Calgary. This is two games in a row. And you could even say since game six of the Dallas series, they have been given up too many high danger chances. Now, in the Dallas series, they didn't give up many shots. But the shots and the chances Dallas were getting were high danger. But Dallas wasn't clinical enough, surgical enough with their finishing ability. And they don't have that high-end skill talent that Edmonton does to finish some of those chances Calgary gave them. But Edmonton is, and Calgary's got to make the defensive adjustment right now. I was shocked last night how much faster all over the ice the Edmonton Oilers looked. Calgary looked like they were a snail. They looked like they were stuck in mud, stuck in quicksand, or skating around that ice the whole game compared to Edmonton. And again, Calgary gave up the blue line too easily. The offensive zone entries for the Edmonton Oilers, they're happening far too easy. I mean, it's like Calgary saying, hey, Connor, come on in. Vander Kane, come on in. Leon Dreisel, come on into the zone. You know, sit down, put your feet up, have a nice cocktail, have a nice drink, have it on us here, do whatever you want. You know, that's what it, Calgary cannot keep them from gaining the zone easily. The speed through the neutral zone is causing them all kinds of problems right now. I've never seen a team, and specifically a one player, Connor McDavid make one defenseman, and I'm talking about Noah Hannafin, look like an utter fool multiple times on the ice. I mean, and, and he's not just him, but he has had some egregious mistakes. The whole blue line has had trouble. And Connor McDavid, the show that he put on last night, what else is there to say at this point about number 97? I mean, he's dangling. He's getting chances. He's setting up his teammates for prime chances on every shift. Every shift he's making these kind of impacts. It's not here and there or a few times a game. It's every shift on the ice. Connor McDavid is dominating. And the Calgary Flames are going to have to do something about that uh, right now. Their defense is having trouble. And I think now, and I know Hockey Night in Canada folks, Bieksa and uh, Jennifer Botterill and uh, everyone that was on their panel last night, they were on to it, Kelly Rudy, all of them, that we're seeing the loss of Chris Tanev right now for Calgary on the blue line as well. He is one of their best shutdown defensemen. And, you know, maybe you got through Dallas at times without him, but you're having trouble without him now uh, against this Edmonton team. So, look, this is where Daryl Sutter's Stanley Cup experience has to come into play. You know, this is this is what he's paid the big bucks for. Calgary players, big bucks. Make your adjustments defensively. I don't know what you do. Maybe you put five guys in the neutral zone and say, we're clogging this shit up in the neutral zone. Enough. We're clogging it up. Five guys in the neutral zone. We're daring you to skate through it. Uh, maybe that's what you got to do at this point if you're cut, but you got to do something. You, not, you just cannot let Edmonton have carte blanche to walk their way and sashay and swagger their way as I steal some Doc Emmerich terms into the uh, offensive zone. You just cannot do it that easily, that easily last night. You cannot allow that. As simple as that. And until that changes, nothing's going to change in this series, and they're in some big trouble. And look, I'm going to keep it as simple as it gets, too. And then I'll let Alex talk about this series. McDavid, Kane, Dreisaitl, that trio, badly, and I mean badly, outplayed Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, uh, and Elias Lindholm last night. The big trio for Calgary. Sometimes it really is that simple. 
you know, paralysis by analysis. Sometimes it gets to all of us. Sometimes it can be that simple. The dominant players for Edmonton, the best players for Edmonton, dominated the best players for Calgary last night. Plain and simple. Uh, and again, that's another thing that's going to have to change here for the Calgary Flames, especially when you see Mike Smith play like he did. That was vintage Mike Smith. An incredible performance by him, especially in the third when Calgary was starting to mount some pressure. Uh, so he was terrific in that. Credit to him. Uh, Milan Lucic, he's just trying to get the team going, get some life into the bench, running over Mike Smith at the end of that game. Uh, sigh of relief for Oiler fans that Mike Smith is fine. And I love John, uh, Jay Woodcroft after the game pointing out, you know, Mike Smith's in midseason form. He's only played 38 games, and he specified the number of games. sixty. At least he didn't play 63 regular season games, and he used the number 63 because that's the number of regular season games Jacob Markstrom played. It's mind games. Jay Woodcroft's trying to play mind games in the post-game press conference. Give him credit. Not only a coach that's shown what he can do tactically, but mentally. The, the acuity, trying to get in the head of Calgary and Markstrom in particular. I thought that was hilarious. He specifically said at least Mike Smith didn't play 63 regular season games this year, knowing damn well that's how many games Jacob Markstrom played uh, in the regular season for Calgary this year. He's trying to get it in mind games, make him Markstrom feel, oh, maybe I'm wearing down. Oh, maybe I'm, you know, uh, I've played too many games this year. It's just a very nice little head game that Jay Woodcroft's playing, making that comment. And I thought it was Pretty pretty cool, actually, to see him make that kind of statement. Uh, Alex, uh, thoughts on a crazy battle of Alberta? Yeah, it's been uh, an exciting series to watch. It's been a tough one to bet. I had a live over five and a half after that scoreless first period, and uh, unfortunately came up a goal short in that, but, but got at least good good value in there, plus 140. But, uh, you know, now it's just kind of a, a – we, we were wondering, you know, which goaltender would, would kind of emerge as uh, – the, the better of the two in this series. And we all kind of leaned, of course, to Jacob Markstrom because just the kind of history of Mike Smith being up and down. But now it just kind of see which team can play a full 60 minutes of hockey. That's the question we have to ask. And then we haven't seen that really uh, from anybody, even with the Oilers. Like I said, I mean, it was a great first period, but, uh, you know, they had a lot of chances and Markstrom stood on his head. And, of course, he just kind of wore down. And he said that that line with Evander Kane and, and McDavid, they've just been red hot. And Kane gets the natural hat trick. And, uh, now the momentum's on their side, obviously taking a two, one lead at home. Uh, you know, they got to kind of try to replicate that, but play a full 60 minutes. That That's the mantra for both teams. Now going the, the rest of the series, can you play a full 60 minutes of hockey? You cannot have a, a great 20 minutes at the, to start. And then all of a sudden drop off the face of the earth and try to bounce back in the third. Uh, it, it's gotta be consistent because these two teams have great offenses. Uh, the goaltending has been there at times. Uh, and it's really going to come down to who can score the most goals to use the, the old John Madden thing, you know, whoever scores the most goals will win the game. That's exactly the case, but it's also uh, playing the full 60 minutes and, and not taking any time off uh, and not doing anything stupid like Milan Lucic last night during that five minute major for, for some was saying a questionable hit, but I mean, just don't even put yourself in that position to run the goalie uh, in that spot when your team is down. It's just uh those are the things that they get you eliminated from the playoffs. So you do stupid things like that, put your team in, in, in a situation uh, worse than it already is. Uh, you're not helping anybody out, and you're just giving your opponent a better chance to, to move forward. Yeah, no doubt about that. And by the way, we have something we'll mention when we get back to previewing tonight's game four, Tampa, Florida. There's some news that's come up. Or, uh, we've just discovered and we'll get to that uh, when we get back to uh, that game. But uh, I will say one thing about Blake Coleman, a former Lightning player. Even he was... Uh, in on the problems for the Flames last night. A drop pass to nobody uh, right around the uh, uh, blue line. And, of course, you're just feeding Edmonton's transition game, and it led to one of the goals last night. And you could see Coleman. He realized he fucked up big time. That drop pass to nobody, and it was just everybody. It was a calamity. Uh, Calgary uh, defensively. Defensemen and the forwards trying to help out. Jimmy, what do you think last night, Edmonton-Calgary? Well, first, I want to touch on Lucic there, and I'm going to respectfully disagree with you, Alex. Uh, I mean, I, what what was Marsh? I mean, what is Lucic doing there uh, that was so bad? He's chasing down the puck. The, the goalie's fair game, and he even lets up, grabs the goalie to kind of help and, and not not get hurt, and, and clearly is trying not to just destroy him as he could. I mean, if, if Milan Lucic wanted to run Mike Smith, Mike Smith would be out for the playoffs right now. He'd be done. True. You're right about okay? that. Okay, and like go back and look at what Milan Lucic did to Ryan Miller and then compare that to this and tell me which one was more running the goalie. It would be the Ryan Miller one. I I, I think this is so overblown right now. Uh, I, I think right now that the, the, 
the refs, they want it. They want it. Like you made a great point. They do want to get that stuff out of the game and they want to keep things under control. And I think that they sense the temperature of that game going up and there could have been more chaos and more stupid plays. But I just think Lucic is getting a little too much blame here. I I thought he did the best job he could to not injure Mike Smith in that situation. So as far as the Flames go overall, though, I 100% agree with you. I think that they're playing dumb hockey right now. I think that the Flames maybe thought that you know, look, we can kind of get Edmonton into kind of that game I was just talking about with the the Rangers there in Carolina, and maybe we can get them into that kind of rough game and, and take some bad penalties and get under their skin, and it just backfired on them. Yep. And the thing is, they, they just need to focus on how to shut down that top line, and, and it's that plain and simple. And right now, they don't have that answer. So uh, unless they figure that out soon, it, it could be a 3-1 series lead for Edmonton headed back to Calgary. Yep, yeah. no question. And, um, and, that, and I'm, oh, I just wanted to say, yeah, I, I don't. Like, I'm not saying that was a, it was the worst hit in the world by any means. I, like I said, he did let up. Like, yeah, he could have he could have annihilated him if he really wanted to. But it's kind of a read the room situation. Like you said, we know the temperature of the series already. Mm-hmm. You know the refs are calling everything. Uh, we've seen more four and fours already in the first three games this than we have pretty much the entire postseason. So they're calling things evenly, and they don't want to have like said, uh, you know, a melee on their hands later on. So. Yeah. You know, it, it's one of those things where, yeah, just just you try to try to avoid him in that in that spot. That should have been a two minute penalty, in my opinion. I don't think it was worth five and, and a misconduct. Well, yeah, and apparently player safety agrees with you too, because I yeah. mean, they're, they're giving him a five minute boarding. You would think they would at least be a uh, fine, right? Yeah, right. not there even that. Nothing from them no today, hearing, so. no fine. Yeah, nothing. Right? nothing. So I mean, no, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think I think Alex nailed it there. That's what the refs were doing there. They were trying to just calm the temperature down of the game and um Abuse look, the situation. I, but i get lucci too want to get a spark right he wants to spark his team oh, a yeah. bit absolutely then you know it's come on guys let's look ahead to the next thing like i've seen lucci do that before yeah. uh in games with the bruins when he was there and he, you know when they they would know they were in a playoff game and they knew that this game was lost and he wouldn't exactly go out and you know make a dirty play or a cheap shot but he would kind of set the tempo for the next game trying to get his teammates going and also send a message to the other team saying Hey, we're not out of this. You guys got us tonight, but we're not out of this. And I think that's what he was aiming there, but it did kind of backfire. It did. The one thing that, you, in his defense, and you brought this up, it's not like Mike Smith was in his net or in the crease there. Yeah. He was out playing the puck. It's a, you know, he's trying to get the puck, Lucic. That's the one thing you got to, you know, give him a, a break on, Milan Lucic, for that hit. It was outside the uh, the, the crease. Mike yeah, Smith's and you bring up good draft team, man. I think yeah. he's out coaching Daryl Sutter right now completely. He's one hell of a really coach. We're finding that out, Jay Wood. Yeah, I mean, Sutter's wow. got to – he's being too stubborn. I get it. He's an old-school guy, and I know that he's won cups and everything, so I'm not questioning his resume, but he, he's he got to adapt better right now. He, he's getting outcoached. Yep, that's part of it. It's, it's everything. It's outplayed, outcoached, everything. Ben, how are you seeing this here with uh, Battle of Alberta? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of seeing it the same way as Jimmy is. I mean, I think that Milan Lucic really kind of created that spark for him. I mean, when I th- thought about – the Edmonton Oilers and watching Connor McDavid for the first, you know, 10 minutes, I think he had five hits. He was running around like a maniac, which made Yamamoto go out there and hit a couple of people. Pulley RV, you know, they were making hits, which was creating better turnovers in the offensive zone, making all these chances for him. You know, I think Lucic is one of those veteran guys that got to look at it and say, fuck, we need to do something here. And, and, you know, Mike Smith is good at playing the puck. You know, he won whatever that goalie challenge a couple of years ago in the all-star game. He can stick handle the puck but he held on to that puck for too long. I know when you think back to the Maple series and they saw that play, William Nylander kind of shine away from that play. If Milan Lucic does that, his team's done. You know, if his, if his boys see him kind of shy away from a puck, not going after that puck that like he's done his whole life, his entire life as F1 has run this guy through the boards, happened to be a goalie that thought he could toe drag behind his own net. And, you know, I think he held off a ton. Um game was really dictated by those first top lines. And I think that Calgary didn't really have anything to come back to it, but I think Calgary does have those big guys that if they wanted to turn this into a physical game, that they can kind of turn that series around. But I really think that's their only chance because their big guys haven't really been contributing like they need to. Yeah, it is. And it's just, yeah, you're right. It's it, the collective top players at Calgary have to be better and defensively they have to be better. That's where it's going to start. If they're going to bounce back tomorrow night in game four. And I'm so excited that that, series is going to be part of our betcast uh, tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Remember, we didn't have Edmonton, Calgary last week. We had Tampa, Florida, and we had St. Louis, Colorado on the betcast last week. Tomorrow, we're going to have the other two series, Carolina Rangers and Edmonton, Calgary, 
uh, on the BetCast. So we're looking forward to that Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. As always, DM me if you want to join us on the BetCast. All right, let's go to tonight's action. Two games. We'll start with Eastern Conference. Second round, game four, Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning. The Battle of Florida has turned into the slaughter uh, of Florida uh, in favor of the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Three-nothing series lead, trying to bust out the brooms and go for the sweep tonight. Tampa Bay minus 125 home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Yeah, it's Tampa Bay or nothing for me, period. I mean, there's, there's it's to me, I don't trust Florida here. Back-to-back after a, 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 not showing anything in the third period. Like I said, that's the time you're supposed to be desperate, urgent, down 3-1 in the game, 2-0 in the series, and you're getting badly outplayed by Tampa Bay. What kind of message does that send in terms of confidence that I should have in you for game four tonight? And then... We've just found out some breaking news now from sources. Again, you got to always question everything you hear. But apparently Florida Panthers players were spotted at a strip club in Tampa Bay at not 11 p.m., not midnight, 3 a.m. last night, uh, apparently. I bet I know which one. Yeah. (laughs) Not that I would know this. But yeah, 3 a.m. in Tampa Bay, Florida Panthers, multiple spotted there. So you talk about commitment level to getting back into this series. It's under some serious question if that story is true. Uh, no doubt about that coming into uh, game four tonight. So I, I think it's I hope it's over just for Alex because that plus 750 is just staring him right in the face right now. It would be great to cash that. But look, I saw all I needed to. Like I, I'd be willing to say, you know what, Florida's talented. They're a good group. They've had a President's Trophy winning season, and they're going to go out four straight. And then I see the way they played in the third period, and I'm like, I can't buy into them winning this game after what I saw there. I mean, no urgency, no desperation. We talked about it. They're not blocking the shots. And I'll throw out all these, I'm going to throw all these guys under the bus right now because they've all got to be better. Alexander Barkov, three games in this series, one point, not good enough. Jonathan Huberto uh, in this series, two, okay, two points, but no goals. And goal scoring is a big part of his game, not good enough. Claude Giroux. We got you for big games, for making an impact, veteran leadership. One point in three games uh, in this series. Not good enough. Carter Verhage, the star, the main event in the Washington Capitals series. No points for him so far in this series. Not good enough. Not nearly good enough across the board for the Florida Panthers uh, coming into this game tonight. So that's where it's got to start with this team. They need all those guys showing up for a change. And it's got to be tonight, and I don't trust them to do it. So for me, it's Tampa Bay. I'm going ahead with the minus 125. I think if you like Florida at all, you've got to do what I did yesterday and maybe look first period because that was their best period yesterday was the first period. It was 1-1. They actually could have led after the first. Vasilevsky was absolutely incredible early in that first period, made a bunch of saves. That was the only good period they played. So if you like Florida at all, I think first period is the only way you would want to consider it with them. Uh, But I can't trust them full game. Uh, For me, it's Tampa Bay. I like the over as well. Now, there's some rumblings with this being a back-to-back that Brian Elliott might start. John Cooper actually hasn't made up his mind that Brian Elliott might actually get a start tonight because it's a back-to-back, give Vasilevsky a little rest. You're up 3-0 in the series anyway. But it doesn't mean they can't win. Brian Elliott's a capable backup goalie. And it's not like Florida showed you a boatload of effort to get back into that game the other night or yesterday. So they can win with Brian Elliott. Just be aware. It's not a foregone conclusion that Andre Vasilevsky is going to start tonight uh, for Tampa Bay. So on the back-to-back. So we'll keep that in mind. But I like the over, and I'm already on the third period over as well. Bet MGM, other books you can bet. DraftKings, you can bet third period overs before the game starts. I'm on the third period over as well. Now, the third period overs haven't done as well. Uh, in this year's playoffs. Uh, but long-term, I'm not giving up on a trend that's been a gold mine for two, three years straight. Yeah, it's been a little bit tougher to cash third-period overs in playoff elimination games this year, but I ain't giving up on it uh, just because of a little bit of a rough patch this year. So third-period over, full game over, and I would look Tampa Bay full game as well. Alex, uh, talk about this. You're sitting on this 4 nothing sweep prop. Hopefully it cashes. What do you think of game four tonight? Yeah, I mean, it is a lot to go into this. Uh well, just a, a couple of quotes. One is a quote that I read from uh, Andrew Burnett yesterday after the game. And he goes, says, you know, Tampa, the Stanley Cup champions and the best team in hockey over the last five years. So they know what they're doing and they're willing themselves 
They have more will and desire than we do, and it shows if you watch the game shift after shift right now. He's right, and, and that's exactly the, the, you know what we all saw. I mean, it, it, it's clear as day. Uh, you know, this Florida team, like you said, all the the stars that were contributing for throughout the regular season and even in the first round just have been absolutely absent uh, in this second round. And Tampa Bay, like I said, they're gaining their momentum, uh, gaining strength, having guys throughout the lineup chipping in, and Vasilevsky playing in that now. Uh, like I said, I read some things too about Brian Elliott possibly starting for tonight. I also did see a tweet from one of the beat writers, uh, Joe Smith, that he says he believes it will be Vasilevsky and Bobrovsky both uh, starting this. So get kind of maybe run with that. Uh, and then, of course, the breaking news story that I kind of dropped off the show earlier to you know, read about was that, like I said, some of the Florida Panthers players were spotted in a, in a Tampa nightclub, uh, Tampa strip club, until 3 a.m which is quite interesting despite the fact that the game ended yesterday at about maybe three or four o'clock local time. That's an awfully long time to be out and about uh, bruising. And of course, you know, you want bonding and, and, and team things, of course, uh, you know, especially when you're down in a series like this, you want to try and get a rally going. Some people thinking maybe this could be the spark. I just don't think so. Considering how they played on the ice, you know, this seemed to be one where you really want to kind of just get everything mentally prepared to, you know, you got to go on a run of winning four straight. You got to do something only three teams in NHL history have ever done before. Uh, maybe you want to, you know, get a good night's rest in the hotel and, and get ready for for what's going to be a, a all hands on deck game four. And with that being said, too, that source of a source came from one of the flagship radio stations that carry the lightning. So I can't imagine they would just throw around something that frivolous. WDAE. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. who does the games there. Yeah. yeah. So, so that, that seems to be a, uh, you know, like I said, source of a source, but it seems to be pretty kind of uh trust and well connected. I already like Tampa, obviously with my plus plus seven fifty bet to sweep. Uh, and I grabbed them in regulation plus plus one twenty, and I also have them now at puck line uh, laying the one and a half at plus 200. Uh, it said just, just what I saw on the ice in game three, allude to that but if, if what we're seeing or hearing about off the ice is true too uh this could be an ugly route and we see tampa uh advance in big fashion yep and biz nasty actually he's 100 right you know obviously jimmy mentioned the things he's you know the last time he's some of his opinions have been a little wonky but the one he said yesterday during that game was 100 right banana land he called it that florida is not showing this kind of urgency and desperation here in that game yesterday, and it was stunning to see it. And I totally agree with that. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Panthers lightning. Well, apparently they're, they're, they're in some other kind of land uh, right now, but, uh, and I, I mean, I'm guessing I'm going to take a, a wild guess. It was the infamous Mons Venus that they were at a, a frequented place by NHLers in Tampa Bay. Uh, and, and just one quick story too. Now, you know, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. If you go on the, uh, the Billy Garen, uh, formula for winning the playoffs. He told me when they used to be with the New Jersey Devils uh, in that 1995 cup run, I said, what was your secret? And he said, well, first thing was Lou had to stay in a hotel room the whole playoffs. We were not allowed to stay with our family. We were gone from our family for the duration of the playoffs. And the second thing was strippers. And it worked great. And uh, so, hey, maybe they got a little tip from Billy Garen or some of the old devils of the 1995 squad. I don't know. You know, who knows? I don't know if that works in today's hockey, uh, but that was the way they did it back then. This could actually help them, you're trying to say? Yeah. It worked worked for Billy Garen and the 95 devils, right? I mean, they swept the mighty Detroit Red Wings. (laughs) And and if that is the case, that would definitely explain why the Wild didn't make it out of the first round because the strip clubs here, they've gone down quite a bit in the years. (laughs) I digress. Well, we don't know though. Were they were they going to the clubs or were they uh, inviting them back to the room? Uh, that's a good we question. We don't know. Yeah, we yeah. don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyhow, guys, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, this thing's over. It's over. Give me Jimmy Puck line, plain and simple. Uh, I love the value you can get there right now. Even if Elliot's in that, uh, this series is over. Yeah, uh, minus one and a half, upwards of plus two hundred, plus one ninety, plus two hundred with that. Ben, uh, what do you like here, Florida, Tampa Bay? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just like with you guys. I mean, I mean, besides maybe they just need a little camaraderie, a little team building, kind of get some deck together. Um, but yeah, it's it's been very up and down for me. But you can you can just tell. I mean, the guys that won two Stanley Cups, they know they know how to get it done. They know what they need to. I was kind of a little bit weird. I kind of heard the Elliott thing as well. But thinking kind of you know all these shots they've been blocking, I would think they would want to kind of get a couple more rest days, kind of get the boys going back and. 
get a couple ice bags and kind of hang out on the beach for another day. And as soon as they did that beach day after the last round, you know, they all kind of came back together, kind of got it going again. But yeah, you know, I think they got this puck line kind of going for them tonight. I think they're going to kind of shut this down. I just don't think Panthers have it. I think they've got too many guys that are too banged up. And they just don't know how to win right now. Stuff. I think Bob Rossi's a good goalie, but I think he's getting paid way too much money. So kind of get rid of that. Hopefully if anybody would pick up that contract for him next year. Yeah, no doubt. And I like some props. I mean, I would honestly take a shot with Bar- Barkov's the one I would bank on showing up. to. I don't know about some of these other guys that have underperformed, but Barkov, I think, has got better in him. Tonight would be the, he'd be the guy I'd look at for Florida, especially for points, maybe to get on the board for Tampa. Corey Perry, you keep riding it with with Corey Perry right now. He's making an impact. He's still got game. He still elevates at playoff time. He's doing that right now. Uh, you see what he's been able to do. He scored uh, goals in three straight games. Uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning, four points uh, in those three games. So Perry points, Perry to score a goal, worth a look. And I'm going to go back to the well with the two undervalued guys, Nick Paul, Ross Colton. You know, you can bet Stamkos, Kucherov, Palat, all the big guns. I wouldn't say that, you know, don't bet them. But I look for the value in my player props. And I like the down the lineup guys that have really contributed. Ross Colton, Nick Paul, look at what Corey Perry's doing right now. Uh, You can get great value with them for uh, player props tonight for the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. All right, next game, we've got the uh, Western Conference second round, game four, Colorado Avalanche, St. Louis Blues, Colorado minus 160, uh, road favorites here, six and a half the total in this game. Of course, Colorado taking the lead in the series with a five to two win. That was not a five to two type of game though. St. Louis played very well and Craig Berube did not admonish his team after that loss. He said, I, I liked our game, he said. Thought we played well. It was a tight, competitive, pretty even game. And they just got one more goal than we did. Keeping in mind, of course, the fourth and the fifth Colorado goals were empty net goals. So really, it did feel like a one-goal game. Uh, And now we'll see how St. Louis responds here. Remember, Colorado, now, yes, Jordan Bennington, obviously with the collision with Nazem Kadri uh, in the last game, out for the rest of this series, uh, at least. Uh, we'd obviously have to see if he'd be back for the Western final if St. Louis were to advance, but he's obviously not coming back the rest of the series, which means it's Billy Huso time and great regular season for Billy Huso. Playoffs a little bit more up and down. I thought he was up and down in the Minnesota series when he was in there at the beginning. Uh, and then you look at game three coming in relief or entering the game in relief of Jordan Bennington. And that third goal that Arturi Lekkonen scored, the, that was a big goal. It made it three to one late in the I thought he should have had that. You know, short side goal. Goalies will tell you nine times out of ten they'd like to make that save. Uh, he was not able to do that there. So he's got to bring it because Bennington was playing excellent for the Blues uh, since he uh, got the net in these playoffs. And it's going to be up to Huso now to do that for the uh, Blues. Now, Tori Krug is skating with the team, but not ready to return tonight. But it is promising that. Uh, a return could be impending for him uh, on the Blues uh, blue line, which is good to see. Uh, and by the way, you talk about big absences, uh, Sam Girard uh, out for the rest of the season uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Uh, it's one of those collisions in game three where, you know, it wasn't a dirty play. It wasn't a dirty hit. It was just a clean hit, but unfortunate result. Uh, and the unfortunate result is Sam Girard, of course, now uh, being out for the uh, rest of the season with that broken sternum uh, suffered in game three. So, very unfortunate, but the good news for the Avalanche is they're loaded at the back end as well, not just up front with McKinnon, Kadri, Ranton, and Landeskog uh, and company up front. Uh, Lekkinen, who, of course, got a goal. Uh, but Colorado, can. St- it looks like they're going to slot in Jack Johnson tonight, You know, a guy that's played a lot of years in the NHL, veteran player, and been around the block, knows what he's doing. He's give you some of the skating elements and things that Gerard does, puck movement, maybe not, but... You know, he's not a fish out of water. Jack Johnson's been at this for a while. And you get to put a guy like that uh, in your lineup to make up for the absence of Sam Girard. That's pretty good. And you got Jack Johnson, Eric Johnson, uh, and you've got, obviously, Kale McCarr. Uh, and you've got uh, Devon Taves, Bo Byram, Josh Manson. You've, you've still got a pretty damn good blue line here tonight for Colorado. That being said, I think there's some value on St. Louis. I don't think they're going down without a fight. I think I think they could win this one here. I really do. I mean, I like their effort. I thought they were right there, toe-to-toe, eye-for-eye with Colorado in Game 3. Could have went either way, that hockey game. And they know this is a must-get for the St. Louis Blues. You don't want to go back to Denver. You don't want to go back to Ball Arena down 3-1. You can't have that happen. 
You've got to get this done tonight. I think you get a great effort from them. I'm going to do a split bet. St. Louis first period, St. Louis full game. I really do think we could get this back to Denver 2-2 because I thought the Blues played well enough to win uh, in game four, I should say, uh, on Saturday night. So I don't. I think the Blues still have shown you in this series. We're in this series. You know, we've still got a decent chance here. We still think we can get the job done. And so I think you're going to get a great effort from the Blues. They've shown they can compete. They can hang with this Avalanche team, especially the last two games, game two in Denver, game three the other night. I'm going to take the shot here. The home dog, plus 140, plus 145. Uh, with the uh, St. Louis Blues here. Uh, Alex, what do you like here? Uh, Avalanche and Blues. Yeah, and you, you make a good point. You know, St. Louis, yeah, like I said, they, they didn't get dominated. They, they played well despite the loss. And, uh, you know, obviously they know, like I said, you cannot afford to go down 3-1 and have to head back uh, into Ball Arena. That that's, would pretty much be the, the wrap-up for this series. So it's got to be – they've got to treat this like a game six or a game seven uh, and have that home crowd rallying around them. they got to like come out strong in the first period. Uh, and get some goals. I would look to play the first period over. I'm going to wait for a better price adjusted. If you see a minus 150, minus 155, which that isn't terrible this time of year, especially because uh, you look at a team like Colorado that can put up two goals. It seems that, you know in, in mere seconds, uh, you know, apart from one another. Uh, but I think we'll be able to get a little bit better value if you wait in game for that. And I'm going to take a shot with the draw. It's at plus 360. Obviously, we haven't seen many games go to OT, but. Uh, I could definitely see if St. Louis, if they're up for it, this could be a back-and-forth battle. We could definitely see us go past 60 minutes, so that's some good value there. Uh, where now we're seeing some of the draws tomorrow. I already saw where New York Carolina is at 285 or 290, which is awfully low for a uh, draw play. So uh, we're going to draw plus 360, and we'll look for the first period over and get a better adjusted price live. And uh, like I said, I wouldn't be shocked to see Colorado win this one, but I wouldn't be shocked to see St. Louis even it up as well. So it should be a, a fun battle and a good one to watch. Yeah, no doubt. And for props, I mean, I could, I think Lekkonen again is a good look, uh, you know, in terms of undervalued players, Kadri, because McKinnon gets so much attention and we saw him take advantage of that for the blues. You stick with Ryan O'Reilly. Why would you not take Ryan O'Reilly to score and certainly to get a point? I mean, this guy is on a 12 game point streak going back to the regular season. I think he's got like 19 points in his last 12 games. Ryan O'Reilly has been spectacular. Perron, is another player I'd look at from the Blues standpoint. Uh, those are the ones I'd really focus in on for sure. Uh, Jordan Cairo as well. cairo has been noticeable uh, in this series. He stepped it up uh, for the Blues as well. So Cairo, Perron, and O'Reilly are probably my three favorite St. Louis player props uh, here tonight as well. I think the connection for me cut out a little bit the, the last uh, time I talked. But, yes, just to reinforce it. Uh, St. Louis for me, first period, full game split tonight. Uh, half and half. It's just not – you didn't bet – Two times the amount. It's just a half and half split first period and full game for the Blues. I like the over two. I'm going to go back to the well with that. A little lucky to cash it Saturday uh, with the two empty net goals, but I'm going to go back to the well with that as well. Over six and a half. Jimmy, what do you like here? Colorado, St. Louis. Yeah, look, I, I don't like the, how this looks now for St. Louis. I, I was with you guys. I felt like it was going to be a long series, but I think in that last game that Colorado really got in their heads. And look, Nazem Kadri is cooking dinner in all their heads right now. Uh, if only that guy could could kind of not that I, I'm not saying Martian doesn't screw up here and there, but he's a lot better than he was years ago. If Kadri could start to follow that map, whatever it was that Martian took there, walk the line without crossing it. Right? Yeah, like yeah. he's just so amazing when he is walking that line perfect. He is one of the most effective players in hockey, and he's doing that right now. He's a he's a major difference in this series right now, and uh, I, I think he's going to be again tonight. Uh, I think the Blues. Uh, they might be uh, going home after game five in Colorado. I like the puck line, another Jimmy puck line here, oh. Colorado Avalanche. All right, Colorado, riding the momentum of the Avs after that game three road win that they're going to win not one but both games here uh, in St. Louis, minus one and a half, plus 150, uh, by the way, uh, for the Avalanche uh, on the uh, puck and line. By the yeah. way, like, you know, Jordan ben Bennington, grow up. Throwing a water bottle. Come on. I'm so I mean, sick of his act, man. He, he doesn't know how to win. He doesn't know how to lose. He's just a, he's immature. Grow up. Yeah. I mean, I know he's upset. I mean, look, he's just out for the rest of the series. I get the anger. I get the frustration. But you're going to toss a water bottle at someone when they're doing an interview on TNT uh, from far away? He didn't even come close to hitting Kadri. Wouldn't like. It's it, it was it was bizarre, but that's Bennington. He's got that short fuse, and the fuse went off. Obviously, as soon as he sees Godry, and plus, he's Godry's being asked about the incident 
I'm sure that made it uh, even more infuriating for him. But uh, yeah, nevertheless, that's a shame. And uh, unfortunately, Kadri uh, victimized by uh, racial comments. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Hate to hear that. Hate to we'll see, see that uh, as well. Uh, look, Kadri is Kadri's got a checkered past in terms of his on ice incidents. There's no doubt, but that doesn't mean we get racist on him. You know, it's just not. Uh, so it's just unfortunate to see that. And uh, look, Kadri's not completely at fault to me with the Bennington incident. I mean, I Rosen kind of pushed him in, yeah. you know, to Bennington. I mean, we just right away, we say, oh, he's guilty. It's Nazem Kadri, right? It's got, he's got to be at fault. He's got to be, you know, blamed for this, right? No, I, I think that there's been worse shit that Nazem Kadri's done uh, on the ice than what I saw Saturday night in that collision with uh, Jordan Bennington. Uh, ben, what do you think here, Colorado, St. Louis? Yeah, I, I mean, I know throughout the whole year, I was putting money on, you know, Jordan Kyrie to get a point. It was making me a ton of money throughout the year. I think he's been getting a ton of shots. I feel like I've been looking at a lot of those props. He's been getting like two, three, four shots a game, which has been good. And I think, you know, maybe that all-star would kind of come back for him. I think they're going to need somebody to really make that jump. You know, I know Riley's been doing so well and getting all those points. But I really think Kyrie is going to do something well for them tonight. And then I have Nazem Kadri to score a goal. There's no way he's going to get stopped. You know, he's a man on the mission, you know, just like just like Marjan. You know, he's got that little bit of an edge. And I think he's got a couple of guys there telling him they need him to stay on the ice. He needs to be here. He can't get out of that way. But I think he's going to be on a mission to get some points, get a goal tonight. All right. Nazem and then the over as well. I see all these guys getting points. They're going to be it's going to be a shootout from what I think. All right. Over Nazem Kadri props, Jordan Cairo props there for Ben. Uh, ben Bauer liking all of that here in this game. I can't argue with the Cairo shots. I'm looking at it now. The last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the last eight games for Jordan Cairo, at least three shots on goal. You know, so that tells you, and some he's had five uh, as well in some of these games. And by the way, his production's been good. Two goals in the la- in three games in this series, and he has scored five points uh, in the last five games here in the playoffs uh, entering tonight. So, Definitely some good prop considerations there, no question, uh, for the uh, Blues uh, and the Avalanche tonight. All right, great stuff. Awesome show. Uh, Lots of fun, as always. Uh, Alex, Jimmy, good to have them back, and great to have uh, Ben Bauer did a great job. All the guests have been phenomenal uh, for the last month. We will wrap things up with uh, best bets in just a second. But before we get to that, reminder, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NHL team. Get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right. Best bets to wrap it up for a Monday. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, well, hoping for the sweep to, to be completed tonight by the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I'm going to go with them on the puck line, minus one and a half, plus 200. Uh, Florida just looked absolutely lifeless in game three. Tampa, like I said, they continue to gain momentum and strength uh, with, with every passing win they have. And uh, based on what we're hearing, it seems like Florida's already uh, getting ready to maybe start their vacation uh, a, bit, a day early. So uh, let's go with the Tampa Bay Lightning on the puck line. That's my best bet tonight. All right, Tampa Bay Lightning puck line minus one and a half at around plus 200. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Jimmy, best bet. Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, – I'm just going on the Tampa Bay Lightning there. Yeah, it's just almost too easy right now. I think that's a layup. They're going to do the Jimmy puck line to me tonight. All right, times two. Tampa Bay Lightning puck line minus one and a half plus 200 for Jimmy with his best bet. And first ever Ice Guys best bet for our guest, Ben Bauer. Pressure's on. What do you like, Ben? Not a problem at all. I'm going to go total goals by the Florida Panthers under two and a half is plus 133. I just see Vasilevsky or Elliott really kind of taking this over for him. You know, and that's the one thing, Ben, that's a great thought there. Florida Panthers team total under two and a half at a plus price around plus 130. You look at Vasilevsky's recent goals allowed in closeout games. It's like lots of zeros and lots of ones. ones. Yes, it's... That's what worries me about the over, to be quite honest with you, for this uh, game tonight when I see that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's Vasilevsky has brought his best in these kind of spots 
chance to eliminate an opponent, elimination game. So we'll see if that happens tonight. Florida Panthers team total under two and a half for Ben Bauer with his best bet. Uh, my best bet, I'm going to end up going with the, uh, uh, I'm going to go with the Florida Tampa Bay third period over two minus 145. You know, you could, someone asked earlier, yeah, you don't want to lay minus, you don't want to lay over one and a half. You don't, it's way too juicy, way too bright. Uh, you have to lay too big of a price. You could either go over two minus 145, which is what it is there. Or you could take a shot over two and a half, which is around plus 170 at DraftKings. You know, it's a very good price. So I'm going to play it a little safer. I'm going to go third period over two minus 145 uh, for my best bet. Florida, Tampa Bay, uh, over two minus 145 uh, in the third period uh, for my best bet here for this Monday uh, Ice Guys show. All right, great stuff. We appreciate everybody joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. A reminder. Uh, ben, by the way, final words from you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, great job. Oh, I appreciate you guys. I mean, I, I think this stuff is awesome. I think it's helping out a, a ton of people. It's really kind of getting the community together. So, you know, I thank you guys for doing this, and I look forward to keep following along. Yeah, you said it. Community. That's what we have here with the Ice Guys. Really is a family with our viewers and our listeners. And on the BetCast tomorrow night, uh, that's we invite our viewers and listeners on to join us during the BetCast tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Make sure you DM me if you want to join us for that. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, Jimmy Murphy, our special guest, Ben Bauer, I am Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys with an ice girl joining us tomorrow as a special guest, Allie O'Neill, on the show tomorrow. Looking forward to that. We'll see you then on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.